Hi, bestie. <laughs> What's up? <laughs> <laughs> you know, not a whole lot. Yeah, it's Friday. It's motherfucking Friday. <laughs> and if you're listening to this, you just stumbled in yeah. to Booze, Brews, and Booze with Tosh and Steph. And I'm Tosh. And I'm Steph. <laughs> Thanks and for listening. <laughs> thank you for listening. Again. And it's been nice. The last two weeks have been real nice just thinking about all our listeners. Yeah. <laughs> Daddy. The, the, few, the few that we have out there. <laughs> we appreciate you all. Yes, we do. Okay, so before we were recording, I was telling Tasha about my Memorial Day weekend. Oh, yeah, yeah. But I, I didn't get into the story because it is quite entertaining. So, so do tell. So on Sunday of Memorial Day weekend, so the 30th, um, we had some people over. We had um, your sister and Ty mm-hmm. were here, Tiff and Ty, and the kids. Mm-hmm. And my neighbor, Cinda, her husband, and their children – and Tim was here, Lucas, you know, just a bunch of people, right? So <laughs> I, I have this bottle that I'm finishing up tonight of 750 milliliter of Fireball. And I was telling Tasha that me and um, my neighbor Cinda, like, about near finished it. Mm-hmm. There's like a sixth of it left, good enough for tonight. Right. And <laughs> because we were taking shots and then we were pouring like, We'd take a shot, and then we'd be sitting there talking for a couple of minutes, and then we'd pour another shot, and then we'd go outside, and then we'd be out there for, like, 20 minutes. We'd be like, want to go take a shot? Yep. So we went and took a shot. <laughs> um, Sounds like she, us. Right? <laughs> it is. <laughs> anyway, um, so Tasha asked me if I passed out, and I did not while I was having fun, but... Lucas came out at four in the morning and found me passed out on the deck on one oh of the couches. <laughs> I'm not even surprised, honestly. <laughs> not even surprised. So, okay, for one, you drank fireball. a whole bottle of fucking Fireball. And two, Damn those couches on your deck are pretty fucking comfy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they are. Honestly, like, I didn't even realize that Lucas had woken me up. Like, I thought I just woke up on my own and was like, oh, shit. It's like, I fell asleep. So mm-hmm. I went inside and stuff. And, like, the next morning, Lucas was like, yeah, I walked out at, like, four in the morning. You were passed out on the deck. I was like, you saw that? <laughs> So like, what, ha- what happened yeah. to Cinda? Did she just like, did you pass out and she just left? No, I walked her home. Oh, and then you came back and passed out? Yeah, like I was like <laughs> fully functional until after her and Bill left and Lucas had gone to bed. Wow. And then I went out on the back patio and started playing my game and then just passed out. Well, it sounds like you had a pretty good fucking time. I did. It was a good night. Good. I made pineapple upside down cake and it turned out dumb. That looked beautiful, by the way. Yeah, and the maraschino cherries that I used aren't like the normal that they use like corn syrup and stuff in. It's mm-hmm. got like cane sugar, like real cane sugar in it. Is that yeah too sweet? Is that sweeter than normal maraschino cherries? It doesn't have that like candy flavor. It mm. tastes more like an actual cherry. Gotcha. Okay. It's nice. Hmm. I like it. I want some pineapple upside down cake. Maybe when you're in town in August. <laughs> we have so much to do. I can make it before you come. That's true. Because I know I'm not going to get like hardly any sleep the night before you get here. We can just get drunk and come back to pineapple upside pineapple down cake. Pineapple upside down cake. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So how was well, your last two weeks? 
Uh, <laughs> what did I do this weekend? Um, I don't remember. I think it was Sunday. I think this is what we did on Sunday. Um, Billy and I went to a an art show. Mm-hmm. It wasn't really like an art show that you would think of. Um, it was like a neat... An, vintage neon light show. <laughs> oh, that's cool. Um, so, like, you know how, like, old vintage neon signs for, like, businesses uh-huh. and stuff? Yeah. Well, there is a gallery that, um, ha- it basically, that's what it does. It, ha- it has old vintage neon signs from, you know, businesses in Philadelphia over the past f- forever. And oh. each, each month, they do a different part of Philly. Oh, so, okay. so this, this month is South street, which is one of our favorite areas, you know, With gyms and ishkabibbles. And... Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it was, it was really cool. You got to learn a lot of the history of the area and all of that and mm-hmm. see, um, obviously all the neon lights and everything. I haven't put them up on my Instagram and I meant to like that day and, but I forgot. Um, <laughs> that's when I sent you that giant chest and I was like zero out of 10 haunted. <laughs> That wasn't at the light show, but it was at uh-huh. the, it was at a, at a place next door and it was just this old man selling all of this like vintage junk and that shelf, like that giant chest thing, whatever you want to call it was in there. Armour. Armour. There you go. And it was crazy and it's definitely haunted. Uh, mm-hmm. Probably most of the stuff in that place was haunted, but. Um, <laughs> Dude, Philly uh, is haunted. <laughs> Philadelphia as a whole is fucking haunted. Um, but before we went to the art show, we went to a, a brewery and we've had this beer before and we didn't really like it, but the place itself was fucking cool. That was the place, um, that I sent you that picture. They had the, the run by fruiting sign on the wall. Yeah. 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 So it was all, that- it's <gasps> Mrs. Doubtfire. That's right. Okay. <laughs> I I had to explain that to Billy, but I was like dying laughing, like I could hardly get it out. Oh, I was my like, fruity. <laughs> she oh my throws God, an yeah. orange at Pierce Brosnan. That was great. Um, but so we had we had beers there, and it was actually the beers we got were fucking bomb, and the place was just cool as shit anyway. Um, and then after the neon sign thing, we went to another little tiny brewery. And the beer there was really good, too. I got a strawberry cider there, and it was bomb, too. And then we went to Costa's, which is one of our favorite bars in uh, Fishtown. And that was the one, unfortunately, we can go. And they were, like, closed until further notice, and I freaked yeah. out. Yeah, yeah. Well, they are open now. <laughs> and uh, we ate there, and we've never eaten there before. And it's they have Greek food. Ooh, and yeah. Oh, my gosh. It was so good. So What'd you get? So good. Uh, we shared some uh, feta fries, Ooh. which are bomb. Um, and then I got uh, pasticcio, if you know what that is. Because mm-hmm. I've always wanted to try oh, it. Oh, that's right. You were telling me about it because you mm-hmm. got baklava, too. And baklava, which was awesome, too. I love baklava, yeah. anyway. We got but... um, Greek islands not too long ago, and it was really And we got baklava. Cool. Mm-hmm. I love anyway. baklava so much. I've been craving it. I actually had a recipe saved in my phone, but mm-hmm. they don't have puff pastry at Save a Lot. <laughs> surprise, you don't surprise. Say. <laughs> so I was just like, well, 
And then I ended up getting it anyway, so fuck it. Yeah. yeah. And technically it's not pastry dough, it's phyllo dough. Phyllo dough. I didn't mean to say puff pastry. Okay. I meant to say phyllo dough. Because puff pastry <laughs> gets so soggy, mm-hmm. but phyllo dough does not. Like, it gets, like, it holds together. Right. It holds together. Oh, what are mm. you What are you drinking there, Stefferoni and cheese? My press, my press drinks. What kind do you got? Uh, this one is a pear chamomile. I'm not a huge fan of this one, Ooh. so I'm getting it out of the way. That sounds right up my alley. It's not terrible, but it's not, like, as flavorful as some of the other flavors. But yeah. pear and chamomile are both ne- kind of toned-down flavors. Neither of them are strong at all, yeah. Yeah. Not at all. Yeah, and then my next one is the lime lemongrass. Mm. L- lemon lime Lemon grass. lime grass. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, I'm drinking. Uh, I'm drinking a a peach honeysuckle moscato. That's for a right cute now. little bottle. It's just little barefoot wines, you know. Pack uh, of four. Dude, that, that shit gives me heartburn like a motherfucker. Yeah, all of these mixed drinks give me really bad heartburn. But I'm gonna finish them off so I can go buy different ones. Cause this is still left over from my uh, shopping spree at the liquor store last time. <laughs> yeah. My next drinks are going to be those strawberry daiquiri, th- or strawberry margarita things. There's fireworks yeah. going off outside. There have been fireworks going off outside for, like, a month now. Aren't they, like, legal to an extent now out there? Or are I they, like, no, fully? Just, no one gives a shit anymore. Well, yeah. But like... <laughs> technically, well, yeah. technically, I think they're legal now. After 2020, don't nobody give a shit. I was driving with expired tags this week on 680 in front of a cop, and he didn't pull me over. Granted, they were only, like, three days expired, and I had the screenshot on my phone that showed that they weren't expired. I was just waiting on the stickers, because I don't drive around with expired tags, but I felt like a badass. (laughs) Oh, look behind me. You can see the light from the fireworks. Cool. You see that? Yeah. Oh, that one hit something. That was a... That one went low. (laughs) I'll let you know if anything's on fire. (laughs) Oh, nice. We get our own show. I know. Look at this. Those are the first fireworks I've seen all year. They were going off like crazy on, on Sunday on Memorial Night. Wow, that one's cool. Okay, we should probably start this shit. Yeah. So... Do you want to take a shot? I do. All right. What are we shooting to? I don't know. That's <laughs> Friday. It's Friday. We got drinks. We got fireworks. We got murder and and ghosties, maybe, or something it's a, spooky. It's a fun story. Mine well, is, too. It's, well. a, it's a fun topic. Yours is probably just <laughs> shit crazy. You know, uh... Well, let's just take these shots and then I'll get into that. <laughs> shots to Friday? Shots to Friday. Yeah. Shots to Friday. Cheers. We're going to have to figure out a reason for a shot next time, too. There's always, <laughs> reason. There's always a reason for a shot. <laughs> Sorry. I, don't, I already drank, like, half of this wine. I'm almost done with this press drink. <laughs> okay. So... Uh, I have the true crime this week. Yes, you do. I do. And um, <clears throat> this is one that I've wanted to do for a while. And it's fucked up. 
and gory and horrible and perfectly awesome. But it's so fucked up that I was almost going to put a warning again like I did for the cannibals. Yeah. And I was like, you know what? Fuck it. We're five episodes into this. If these people don't know what they're listening to, <laughs> then, then um, I feel sorry for you. Yep. <laughs> you, you, you should know what you're getting into at this point. If you've and... made it this far, you know what we're about. Exactly. Mm-hmm. I'm not, I'm you not. You got catered. your warning in the fifth what episode, sixth episode, fifth episode. I, I, I'm not catering to any pansies. If you're 14 and you want to listen to this, that's up to you and your parents. Okay. I, I, I ain't your mama. Okay. So anywho. I'm not your daddy. I'm your grandpa. I'm not your daddy. I'm your grandpa. <laughs> <laughs> um, so today I am going to tell you the story of the original femme fatale, one of the most prolific female serial killers of all time. No the, way. The blood countess herself, Elizabeth Bathory. Yes. <laughs> this is a good one. Okay. Yes. You got me. You've got I know. me. I was, I was so excited. Like, I, I was excited to do it, and then I was excited doing my research, and then I got even more excited when I was done, you know, editing everything, and I was like, this is good. <laughs> Oh, I have a fun little tidbit that I'm not going to share because I'm sure you're probably going to put it in there. But if you don't, I'm totally going to spill it later. Yeah, for sure. Okay, so. <sighs> Elizabeth or Elizabeth Bathory, was born on August 7th of 1560 to one of the most prominent families in Hungary. She was raised in Nierbator, Hungary, and spent her childhood at Exid Castle. Uh, While I did find different accounts as to just how separated they are or were, Elizabeth's parents were, in fact, blood relatives. Uh, Marrying family was extremely common in these times, as you know, uh, because they saw it as a way to preserve the royal bloodlines. (laughs) (laughs) So her father was Baron George Bathory VI of Exid Branch, of the Exid Branch of the family, and his brother was Andrew Bonaventura Bathory, who had been a voivode, or a warlord, of Transylvania. Mm -hmm. Her mother was Baroness Anna Bathory, who was daughter of Stephen Bathory of Somlio, who was another voivode of Transylvania, who was of the Somlio branch of the family. (laughs) Uh, Through her mother, Elizabeth was the niece of the Hungarian noble, a different Stephen Bathory, her grandpa, obviously. He was the King of Poland, the Grand Duke of Lithuania, and the Prince of Transylvania. Yeah. This dude was wow. fucking powerful. He went uh, places. <laughs> I know. <laughs> her older brother was yet another Stephen Bathory, who became a royal judge of Hungary. Elizabeth obviously grew up in extreme wealth (laughs) and got the very best education. Uh, She was said to be very intelligent and even Mm. learned to speak Latin, German, Slovak, and Greek. She was also raised in a very religious household, as most royal children did. Mm -hmm. But despite this, she was subjected to violent atrocities from a very young age. Uh, But the things that would make most children really upset seemed to actually entertain Elizabeth. She regularly witnessed beatings of servants and once watched and laughed at a thief 
who was being punished by being sewn into the body of a dying horse. What? Yeah. She watched it and laughed at it. That before, for one. Yeah. What's that called? I have no idea. Oh, there's got to be a cool name for it. I I don't even know. That's disgusting. Um, Yeah. She laughed. She laughed, and they just left that thief there. They they sewed it up into the body of the dying horse and just left it for both of them to die. Yeah. It's gross. Um, Her... There are also rumors that an uncle of hers taught her Satanism, and an aunt of hers taught her sadomasochism. Wow! Yeah, that's, and I mean that's quite a resume there. I'm I'm all for you know whatever you want to do in bed is your business, but this chick was young, mm-hmm. like when this would have happened, like young, probably like eleven or twelve, younger, like eight at max. Yeah, so you're you're teaching your your like five year old niece sadomasochism, yeah. Mm. I'm going to have a problem with that. Yeah. So, we can see where this is going. (laughs) So, Elizabeth suffered from fits of rage and also had quite a few health issues. Uh, She had frequent seizures, potentially caused by epilepsy, which is common with inbreeding. Mm -hmm. Uh, And there were some pretty creative treatments to combat seizures at this time. For instance... Did they do uh, cocaine about it? They didn't do cocaine about it. That would have been a lot less weird. Yeah. Um, instead of doing cocaine about it, they would rub the blood of a non-epileptic person on the lips of the patient. Or they could also mix a drink of blood and skull fragments from a there non-epileptic person. There it is. And drink this mixture. That was probably her choice, wasn't it? Who knows? But uh, these disgusting treatments were so common in her childhood that historians believe that they became ingrained in her psyche. So basically Mm -hmm. from then on out, Elizabeth kind of, what they believe is that she believed that blood was the only way to treat her ailments. So, I mean, and you can't blame her. Almost, kind of, because she was a kid. Yeah, I'm pretty sure you're going to touch on my fun tidbit, so keep going. Okay. So, Elizabeth was said to be stunningly beautiful, and by 10 years old, 10, she was engaged to be married to Count Ferenc Natasdi. Who was, like, 40. Surprisingly not. Oh. Um, arranged marriages were also common in these times, you know, mm-hmm. usually pairings were made for political benefit, this was no different. Mm-hmm. Um she moved into her fiance's family castle to finish her schooling and learn how to run the estate. And at 13 years old, during her long engagement, Elizabeth allegedly gave birth to a child who was not fathered by her fiance, but by a peasant boy who worked for the Royal family. Obviously a big no, no. Mm -hmm. Uh, (laughs) So it's said that her parents forced her to give the baby away to a family friend and that Ferenc had her baby daddy castrated and thrown to a pack of wild dogs. Cool. Mm-hmm. That's terrible way to go. Mm-hmm. So on May 8th of 1574, when Elizabeth was 15 and Ference was 19... 
Okay. They were, they were finally married in an extravagant three-day wedding with over 4,500 guests. Elizabeth was technically higher in power than Ferenc and refused to take his last name. So instead, Ooh. he took on the Bathory name. Uh, Ferenc also gifted her his castle, and I'm probably going to kill this, but this is what how it was said to pronou- be pronounced. It's Cheta, I think? Uh, which included a country house and 17 adjacent villages. What? Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. Villages, not even like outbuildings, like villages. Villages. Like straight up little towns. Yeah. Um, Ferenc was called the Black Knight of Hungary, and he fought in the Long War, quote-unquote, which raged from 1592 to 1606, with the Ottomans destroying the Hungarian economy. Elizabeth had to protect the castle from the Turkish armies and also brought in those needing refuge. Uh, Despite not being together much in the first years of their marriage, it is said that when Ferenc was home, they bonded over their love of violence and tortured young servant girls together. Ferenc even ordered a custom torture chamber to be built into the castle with Elizabeth's specifications in mind. Oh my god. (laughs) Yeah, what a couple. Oh, uh, <laughs> thanks a lot, Mar- or Elizabeth's aunt. Well, it's, it was everyone. It was her parents uh, abusing the servants. It was her uncle who taught her Satanism, or his aunt who taught her to like hurting people for sexual reasons, and then her fucking husband. It, it, it gets better. <laughs> uh, so Ferenc also taught Elizabeth multiple torture methods such as rolling up a small piece of oiled paper, putting it in between the toes of their victim, and setting it on fire. <laughs> I love your face right now. <laughs> Ew, that would hurt. Those blisters that I got in Philly were hell, like... Uh-huh. And those were... Those bred in between my toes. And those weren't burn blisters, either. No. Yeah. They were friction blisters. He also gave her a clawed glove... To scratch off the faces of her victims. <laughs> yeah. So. <laughs> yep. Uh, so their violent natures were obviously already intense. But when Ference was gone, uh, Elizabeth's torture of her servant girls would increase. If you can believe that. Um, in 1601, a woman by the name of Anna Devnoya entered the household. She was known as a witch. And while Ferenc taught Elizabeth to torture, Anna taught her to kill. The peasants and servant girls that went missing were considered disposable, but that didn't stop the rumors, especially within the church, as Elizabeth too often contacted them to do funeral rites on servant girls who allegedly died of cholera. Uh, One priest who had attended too many of these funerals took her aside and said... Your grace should not have acted so, because it offends the Lord, and we will be punished if we do not complain to you and criticize your grace. In order to confirm that my words are true, uh, we need only exhume the body, and you will find that the marks identify the way in which the death occurred. Elizabeth was pissed at being accused, and she stormed out, leaving Ference to smooth things over. Uh, Ference eventually got some sort of illness that caused severe pain in his legs, and it eventually got so bad that he was basically paralyzed. After 29 years together, Ference died in 1604, 
Elizabeth was 44, and they had at least five known children together. So, after Ference's death, Elizabeth became even more sadistic, as she had to take the reins of the estate onto herself completely. And after realizing how annoying it was to constantly have to replace her servant girls, uh, she started luring girls from the villages around the castle. Once she had her fill of them, the bodies would be thrown over the castle walls to be eaten by wolves. Now, her victims were always girls, and they always ranged in age from 10 to 14. So, these poor girls were young. Yeah. Um, she had five helpers who would abduct these girls. Her friend Anna, a wet nurse, and a wet nurse uh, by the name of Iona Joe, were two of her accomplices, as well as her friend uh, Dor- Dorothea, Dor- Doro, Doro, I don't even know, Dorothy. Probably. Dorothy. Dorothea. Dorothea. But she was also called Dorka, so that's what I'm going to call her because it's funny. <laughs> Dorka. Uh, Dorka. And a washerwoman named Catalin. Oh. Look at I them fireworks! That. Those yeah. are loud. They are. They're not, like, super duper loud. It's just like a... <laughs> but... They aren't gunshots, I promise. Um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> there was also Fitzko the youngest, who was a disfigured teenager. Uh, Anna and Dorka would constantly try to one-up each other with how badly they were able to torture the victims. Now, the progression of the torture upon these girls would start with anything as small as missing a stitch while sewing. Elizabeth would start by slapping the girl around, but usually the punishment would depend on the type of misdemeanor. For instance, any sewing mistakes would result in being stripped naked and stabbed repeatedly in the finger by long sewing needles. On top of being physically torturous, <laughs> Elizabeth also liked to fuck them up psychologically. Uh, so in this case with the sewing needles, she would say something to the effect of, if it hurts the whore, she can pull it out. Obviously, the girls would take this as permission, only for Elizabeth to get a knife out and cut off their finger. Now, losing a finger was lucky in most situations, as most of the girls would be brought to the torture chamber and subjected to all sorts of violence, mainly done by her accomplices. Torture included severe beatings and burns, biting, of, uh, biting flesh off faces, arms, and other body parts, freezing, and starving her victims. Pinchers were used to rip flesh and innards would be torn out, some victims would be covered in honey and ants, and red-hot irons, coins, and keys were used to burn victims, sometimes just... in their nether regions. Oh my god. Yeah. One victim, and this is, this is just even ridiculous to say out loud, <laughs> one victim got her boob bitten off by Elizabeth. Oh my god. Bitten off. And then... She was forced to cook and eat her own boob. Ah, Elizabeth. That's yep. not nice. That's not nice. <laughs> so, with all that said, Elizabeth is most known for is the rumor that she, once she was done torturing her victims, she would drain their blood for drinking and bathing. Uh, she supposedly thought it would help her epilepsy, but also assumed it would keep her young. Uh, by 19, or excuse me, 19, 1609, they were running out of room to hide the bodies, so much so that shallow graves were being dug up by dogs. 
they were running out of places to bury bodies in their 17 villages. She wouldn't bury them in the villages. She buried them around the castle. So, like, the whole court court room area outside okay. the court, you know what the I'm talking courtyard. about? Courtyard, thank you. Like, yeah. it was basically a fucking graveyard at this point. That's it. Okay, but still, even, like, that's, what, four or five years? And they ran out of room on their castle grounds, which I'm sure are not... They're probably not, you know, my backyard. It's probably way bigger. Yeah, the castle's pretty big. Even the the ruins are pretty big. I'll put it on Instagram. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's not a small place. At all. Um, so. Ew. Yeah. Uh, rumors were flying at this point. But because of her status, no one could touch her. You know? Yeah. And additionally, so many poor families were actually getting a pretty good payout for sending their daughters to work for her. So if they happen to die of quote-unquote cholera, so be it. It was still a fair trade. Yeah. Thanks, Dad. I know, right? <laughs> um, Elizabeth's friend Anna died of a stroke during this time, and she Good. kind of went into a depression. She again got bored of her normal torture victims, and after taking advice from her friend Urgy Majorova, another supposed witch... <laughs> Elizabeth decided to open up a, fin a finishing school as a guise to not only bring in more victims, but to make money off of their noble families. So now she was taking in nobility to torture and kill. And that's where we're going to have a problem. Yep. Because <laughs> un unlike the peasants, these that's families... That's not fair trade. <laughs> no, these families panicked when they realized that their daughters had gone missing from the school. So yeah. they all got together and found out that obviously the common denominator was Elizabeth. Mm -hmm. So after asking what happened to their daughters, Elizabeth made up a tale that one of one of the girls went crazy, killed the rest of them, and then committed suicide. Obviously the families didn't believe this shit. <laughs> so they went to King Matthias II, who requested an investigation led by Count Thurzo. Now, Thurzo was a friend of Ference's, and he he respected Elizabeth, but his loyalty was to the king. Good. Uh, after questioning many servants and people in the villages, he was told all about the blood-covered walls, the overgrowing courtyard cemetery, but he could not find any eyewitness to the actual torture. So, on December 1610, Thurzo had enough evidence to arrest, but he wanted to make absolutely sure that she was guilty. He set up a dinner with Elizabeth at Bathory Castle with the king, and it went well until dessert when she served a cake that immediately made the men feel unwell. They figured she was trying to poison them, so they quickly left. Uh, Thurzo came back days later with a small army to search the castle, and they pretty quickly found numerous dead girls laying about before hearing the screams, which led them to the torture chamber. And there they found Elizabeth's accomplices at work. Now, it is unsure if Elizabeth was there herself. Um, some say that she was involved in the torture at the time. Some say she was having fucking dinner. So, who knows? Um, huh. Either way, they were all immediately arrested and, and interrogated for their information. Yeah. Now... Thurzo wrote to Elizabeth's family and secretly agreed that she would never be brought to trial, as that would have caused a public scandal. 
an influential family which ruled Transylvania would be disgraced, and Elizabeth's considerable, considerable property would have been seized by the crown. Interestingly enough, none of her family ever denied the fact that she was guilty. They were like, oh, that makes sense. Right. <laughs> we thought something was off about that one. But it doesn't sound like they were very good people anyway. I know. <laughs> They're probably like, well, yeah, we taught her that, so. Right, right. Like, what? Do you, how do you think she became that way? <laughs> so, uh, her accomplices were tried in January of 1611, and despite claiming that they had no choice and were only doing what Elizabeth ordered, they were sentenced to death. Prior to execution, Iona Joe and Dorka had their fingers torn out with iron tongs. Never found out how they were executed, though. Oh. Fitzgo was beheaded and burned, and Catalin was the only one who was not put to death, as it was said that she was the soft-hearted one, often sneaking food in for their victims. So instead, she was sentenced to life in prison. So she didn't kill anybody? I don't know. I think she probably still killed people and helped torture and everything. She was just nicer. Either way. Huh. Yeah. That's funny that they had life in prison back then. Interesting that you say that, actually. Um, so after 306 people testified against her, including her own accomplices, Elizabeth was also convicted of murder. Uh, officials were unsure of what to do with her since she was a royal, so they decided to imprison her within her own castle dungeon. And they bricked her up in a room to spend the rest of her days alone, being fed by guards through a hole in the door. <laughs> <laughs> The only visitors she ever had were Thurzo and a few priests. Now, Elizabeth was unrepentant and crazed with rage, constantly blaming her accomplices for the torture, saying that she never stopped them because she was scared of them. As mm -hmm. if she wasn't the one who was royal. Mm-hmm. Queen of the castle. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. She could have them beheaded for looking at her funny. Come on now. Exactly. Exactly. Come on now. Uh, Thurzo once came to her and said, you are in the last months of your life. You do not deserve to breathe the air on the earth or see the light of the Lord. You shall disappear from this world and shall never appear in it again. As the shadows envelop you, may you find time to repent your bestial life. Dang. <laughs> snap, 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 Thurzo. Now, would he have said that if he knew that Ference was in on it too? You know, who knows? Uh, there's a whole theory out there about Thurzo by himself that I didn't get into in my story. Mm. Honestly, when it comes down to it, we don't even know if any of this actually happened. That's true. That's true. That's true. I'm, I'm just going to throw this out there before I finish here because I'm going to get into a little bit of it. Um, but something I didn't write down was there is, there's a, a lady out there. I don't know if she's a doctor or whatever the fuck she is, a historian, whatever, um, who has looked so far into this Elizabeth Bathory story. And she basically says that Elizabeth Bathory never even existed. Um, that her parents were actually so far, her quote unquote parents were so far removed that there would have been like 200 years between them. Uh. Yeah. And there's, there's so much other shit just beyond that, that like really makes you wonder like, uh, oh, okay. You know, yeah. <laughs> but I want to believe this happened as fucked up as it is because it's a cool fucking story. 
It um, is, but like, why, 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 why lie about it? Like, I mean, this happened in the fifteen, the what? Yeah, the fifteen hundreds. Yeah, I don't know what. The, uh, yeah. sixteen something was when she died. Yeah. So, written history back then. I know wasn't always the best. Um, and I'll get into that in a little bit. So, uh, one night, Elizabeth complained to her guard that her hands were cold. She went to bed and never woke up. Elizabeth Bathory died on August 21st, 1614, at the age of 54. She was buried on the cemetery at Cheta Castle, but due to villagers' uproar over having the Countess buried in their cemetery, her body was moved to her birth home at Exid, where it was interred in the Bathory family crypt. However, upon opening the crypt in 1995, her body was nowhere to be found. Which dun, is why dun, the historian dun. was looking into it and was like, she might not have ever even existed. Maybe. But it's also said that they might have just not um, labeled her body yeah. to keep, you know, people from destroying Desecrating things. it. There you go. Um, so there is an incomplete picture of the nature of Elizabeth's crimes, but according to her own diary, she allegedly murdered upward of 650 victims between 1590 and 1610. Wow. 20 years? 650. Yeah. Now that is also questionable because there are articles that state that no no one ever even saw her diary that this rumor that this was written in her diary was actually said by one of the servant girls so we don't yeah. even know if that's true I so was just reading that i was mm-hmm. i'm on the wikipedia page because i was like how does she not exist <laughs> and then i was literally just reading that line as you were saying that i'm like oh so if you oh. if you want to dig into this a little more um I found out this whole, like, okay, let me read this last paragraph first, and then I'll mm-hmm. give you this information. Okay. okay. Um, or two paragraphs. Uh, so, stories describing Bathory's vampiric tendencies, such as the tale that she bathed in blood, uh, in the blood of virgins to retain her youth, were generally recorded years after her death and are considered unreliable. Uh, none of the girls who lived to testify against her ever mentioned anything like it. And instead, they stated that the torture chamber would be covered in blood, and they were usually requested to clean it up. Regardless, her story quickly became part of national folklore, and her infamy persists to this day. Uh, some even insist that she inspired Bram Stoker's Dracula, and is sometimes <laughs> sometimes she was referred to as Countess Dracula, though mm. there is no evidence to support this hypothesis. That was my now, fun tidbit. <laughs> I know, I, I dug into this, dude. Uh-huh. Uh, so a large majority of historians now believe that while Elizabeth was undoubtedly a violent person who mis- her, who beat misbehaving servants, the lack of written evidence and complaints from that time lead them to believe that the conviction was a conspiracy brought against her by the Hungarian leaders. It may be that she was a sadistic murderer, or that she was simply a harsh mistress whose enemies turned against her. Or she uh, was just too smart for her own good. That too. She was uh, a well-educated woman. Well, exactly. So it could be argued that Elizabeth's position had become so strong, thanks to her wealth and her power, 
that she became a perceived threat to the leaders of Hungary, and they considered her a problem that needed to be solved. Mm. Uh, The political landscape of Hungary at this time was one of major rivalries, and Elizabeth appeared to have supported her nephew, Gaber Bathory, who was ruler of Transylvania and rival to Hungary. So... So then the people of Hungary were, like, mad about that. Yeah, like, she's she's not on our side, you know? They could be she's... pissed about that. Mm-hmm. And obviously the the act of accusing a wealthy widow of murder or witchcraft or sexual impropriety just to mm-hmm. seize her lands was far from unusual during that time. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, it still kind of happens. Exactly. Like, literally the whole witchcraft or the Salem witchcraft trials were potentially based on seizing people's lands just uh i don't like her exactly like we won't even get into that because that's a whole different story for another time um (laughs) we have thoughts we have opinions exactly lots of opinions Mm -hmm. um so it is also said that king matthias owed ference and therefore elizabeth a sizable debt one that he had no intention of paying. Oh. Not to mention the fact that there is written proof by Elizabeth herself that she provided healers, those alleged witches, question mark, mm-hmm. and healthcare at the castle and truly cared about the well-being of the tenants who lived on her property. Additionally, torture the torture methods and weapons found in her chamber have been found to be actually medical treatments of the time. Uh, So, obviously, there are many discrepancies and 400 fucking years of lore in regards to this story. So, no one really knows what happened, or why, or if any of it even happened at all! I'm gonna go with the creepiest version of it. Yep, me too. But either way, I mean, it seems like even if Elizabeth Bathory was innocent of hundreds and hundreds of murders, she will still forever be known as the fucking Blood Countess. The most prolific serial killer by Guinness Book of World Records. Yep. Bad bitch. Yeah. The end. That was a good one. (laughs) I'm so glad you did that one. I was so excited to do it because Elizabeth Bathory is like, she's the quote unquote original female vampire, you know? Yeah, she's the original Dracula. 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 And you know I'm related to Dracula, so... Yeah. You know, well, there's a female Vlad Dracula. the Impaler, but... Uh, did you know that Dracula comes from... I don't remember what language, but... Um, it comes from Dracul, which means the devil. It also means dragon. Draco. Uh, Drac is dragon. D-R-A-C. Vlad the Impaler's father was called the dragon. Yeah, I think his name was Dracul, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, which was also their word for devil. Right. Yeah. So he was the dragon devil, and then little Vlad was little dragon. Maybe they figured that Dracul, like, dragon was the devil. Mm Mm-hmm. Because, I mean... There are similarities there. Mm-hmm. For sure. Either way, you give me a vampire story, nah, I'm pretty much down with it. Eh, other than Twilight. Hey, the book is actually pretty good. Can't do it. No. 
the book is all right. Like, you got to kind of get into that young adult mindset. But I really did have a lot of fun with that book. Like, it's fun. I actually bought it on Amazon last year. Last year, two years ago, when I was reading it, I haven't finished the last one again. But You know what you need to read are the Vampire Chronicles. I do. I really do. I really should. I, I mean, I haven't even finished all of them, but I'm like, I don't know, six or seven books in. You know what you need to read. And she's still writing them. Huh. Harry, Harry Potter. Potter. <laughs> you know what you need to read? Lord of the Rings. Lord of the Rings. Should I want to take a shot? I do. Because I'm going to need a shot for this one. Oh, snap. It's one of those things that wasn't like super into relevance until like fairly recently. And it's one of those things where like the more you talk it into existence, the more it manifests type thing. Hmm. And we've never really I I know about. Oh, I'm sure you've heard of them, but we've never talked about it. Okay. Huh. Well, you've got my interest. Dragon. Here's to you, Nighthawk. Cheers. Cheers. By the way, I don't know if (laughs) you've noticed. rough. I've been doing full shots the last, like, three episodes. Mm. My drink just shot up into my nose. Oh, kind of tasted like a a spicy gumball. (laughs) (laughs) This is a spicy meatball. We should probably probably get into this, huh? (laughs) <laughs> it's been a half hour since we got back from break. Yeah, and it's hot in here again already. <laughs> I'm sorry. Do you Are you ready to know what my story is? Yes, I am. Are you excited? I am very excited. Do you want to hear about the Black Eyed Kids? <gasps> no! No way! This is such okay. a good episode. <laughs> yes, it really is. Oh, the majority of this is, like, personal stories. Because there's not a whole lot that you can find... Without find once you find one you find them all right now there I, I was wondering that, what you were looking up on Reddit it makes so much sense now yeah I have uh, yes <laughs> I love I don't love them yeah but the topic is so interesting it's so interesting so You're- black eye kids black eye yeah. children black eye kids B E K S B E K S not to be confused with the BTK, which is Bound, Torture, Kill. Yeah, that's a different story for a different time. And that's a different half of the episode. <laughs> um, so, do you know the origin story of the Black Eyed Kids? Have you heard it by chance? You know, I, I, I probably have. I just don't remember. I've kind of heard it, but I never actually, like, knew the whole story. Mm-hmm. So, um, the first, like really like telling of it was in um 1996 in is it abilene or abilene texas i think it's abilene texas abilene mm-hmm. abilene, abilene. <laughs> um <laughs> so brian bethel he was a or he is he still is a senior staff writer at the abilene reporter news so he's like wildly like i mean i wouldn't say wildly Abilene's not like a huge community or not a huge city, but he's a senior staff writer for a newspaper. Mm -hmm. And um, he was, this is 1996. He was in a parking lot writing a check for his internet bill. And 
he was in the parking lot of the movie theater right next to the internet provider, which was, uh, I didn't write it down because they're not <laughs> around anymore, I think. It was a good name, too. I don't know why I didn't write it down. Um, but he planned to, like, write the check in his car and then drop it in the overnight box and then head home. Mm -hmm. um, so while he was writing the check in the light of the marquee of the theater, um, he heard a knock on his window and it, like, startled him because he hadn't heard anybody approach the car. Mm -hmm. So he looks out of the driver's side window and he sees two kids standing there. One standing, like, right at the window of the car or the door of the car, and then one standing, like, over his shoulder. And the kid standing at the car door has, like, olive skin, like, dark curly hair. And then the kid behind him has, um, like, pale skin, freckles, red hair, curly hair. Or, no, it's not curly. I'm sorry. It's just red. Red. Um, <laughs> the olive skin. They have no skin... Yeah. No, we'll get into that. <laughs> um, <laughs> so the olive skin kid... He is the spokesman, is what um, Brian called him, Bethel called him. And um, he said that these kids were between the ages of 9 and 12. And Bethel rolled down the window to kind of see, like, what they wanted a little bit. And, you know, it was, like, 96, so he probably had a crank window. Mm -hmm. So he was able to just, like, crank it just a smidge and not have the auto window that goes all the way down and then goes all the way up. And then, like, did you, did, yeah. Who knew technology would work against us? <laughs> oh, damn windows <laughs> um and the boys were dressed in hoodies and they had thought he had thought like oh maybe these kids are gonna ask me for money so he's like hey what's up and they're like uh we want to go see the mortal Kombat movie but we forgot our money at my mom at our mom's house and he was like okay and go he to said your that mom was, right and they wanted to go see it Mortal Kombat. Uh-huh. And he was like, so how can I help you? And he was like, they were like, well, can you drive us to my mom's house and then we can get the money and then bring us back. So Bethel, at this time, he noticed that he had, like, this growing sense of, like, dread um, and this, like, sense of fear that he couldn't explain, like, why he was feeling it. And it was irrational, but it continued to grow. And he looked at the theater and then looked at, like, the digital clock on his dash and Mortal Kombat, the final showing of the evening, had already started. Mm, and he was mm -hmm. like, sweet, I got an out. So he's like, well, you know, the movie's already started. By the time I get you to the house with the money and get you back here, it's already going to be over, basically. Like, you know, I'm sorry, guys, but it's just not a good idea. And um, the spokesman came up to the um, window. Or, came up to the window. I put... <laughs> Came up with a counter, but I read it as came up to the counter, and I'm like, well, he wasn't on a counter. <laughs> <laughs> the spokesman came up with a counter to every explanation that Bethel gave. And he said, it won't take long, we're just two little kids. And then Bethel said that, like, this was the thing that kind of stuck out to him, because he was like, we don't have a gun or anything. And he was like, well, he's like, well, I kind of hope that they wouldn't, nine and twelve year olds. Like, you're Kid, why the fuck would you have a gun? Yeah, well, yeah, this shows 96. That was 25 years ago. Times were different. Yeah, that wasn't too common back then. <laughs> no, it wasn't. And, um, and he looked down and he noticed that his hand was, like, going towards the lock on his door. Mm -hmm. Like, he was, like, getting ready to, like, unlock it and, like, let them in and stuff. 
And he, like, looked down, he, like, jerked his hand back and thought that maybe the kids might have noticed that he did that. And um, when he looked back up, like, a fraction of a second later, he's, like, the kids were looking at him and their eyes were, like, straight black. They had no sclera, which is the whites around your eyes. Mm-hmm. No sclera, no irises, and no pupils. They were just straight black, or just, like, one just giant black. pupil. Yeah. One giant black void pupil like their whole eyeball was black it's just black just black just black and um he was like you know this was back before like the all black contacts were out it was 96 he's like and even if they were out at this time two teenagers from abilene texas would not have been able to one get their hands on those contacts or two be able to afford them yeah like there's no way this would have happened yeah. And he's like, and even in the 100% off chance that they could have gotten a hand on these contacts, he wasn't looking far away. He wasn't looking away long enough for them to notice or for them to be able to put these contacts in. Mm-hmm. So he was like, dude, I got to go. <laughs> he instantly thought, like, I have to get it, figure out a way to shake these kids. I got to get out of here. So he started, like, quickly apologizing to the kids. He gave whatever excuse he could think of like my mom's sick i gotta go like i'm sorry i have to go he threw the car in reverse and he began to roll up the window continuing to apologize and the spokesman uh banged on his window and said angrily we can't come in unless you tell us it's okay let us in like screamed it at him it's like a vampire exactly so then he said that he sped out of the parking lot and he was speeding off onto the street he looked in his rearview mirror and noticed that the kids were gone. And then he states that even if they had run, he didn't believe there was any place they could have hidden from view that quickly. Mm-hmm. So that... Yeah, fuck that! Yeah. So that happened. And he said that when he got home, he, like, immediately wrote down everything that had happened. And, you know, it was 96, so there was... I was logging into the computer in 1993. I was five mm-hmm. years old. So in 96, there was internet. And so he went to, like, a a ghost hunters forum or, like, a paranormal, like, message board. And it was where, like, a lot of paranormal investigators would hang out and, like, see stuff from people and be like, can you, can you figure out what this is? Can you debunk this? You know, whatever. And so he posted on there and nobody had, like, any idea, like, what he's talking about. They're like, we've never heard of anything like that. Like, it just sounds like it's, like, a demon child. Like, there, mm-hmm. there's no reason why, you know, that would be anything different. Um, so then once that, like, circulated on the paranormal boards, somehow it found it onto, like, the deeper interwebs. It's the dark web. So he posted it onto that forum. And it circulated further than the forum sometime after that and ended up on, like, creepypasta and... Eventually. And Reddit, no sleep. And now there's its own subreddit, and which is Black Eyed Kids. Mm-hmm. And, um, and he had initially circulated this to get answers. And he's gotten, like, suggestions of vampires, aliens, demons, ghosts, and hallucinations. And he's like, mm, no, that wasn't a hallucination. <laughs> yeah, definitely not. Um, and the... He stated that once it hit, like, Creepypasta and, like, uh, Reddit, No Sleep and all that, um, he started getting a lot of communication from people with, like, emails asking him questions or 
um, telling him stories of something similar. And he said that it was easy to um, weed out like the experience, the personal experience stories, because there were some people who to a T just like explained his situation as it was written down. Yeah. And then there were people who were able to actually like explain to him, you know, what it felt like in that moment that they were right there in front of you and like what your physical response was, what your Mm -hmm. mental response was and like that kind of thing. And so he said that he got tired of answering the same question every single time that he got uh, an email about the same fucking thing. So he stopped answering most of the emails unless he found like a credible situation that somebody had Mm -hmm. experienced. So now that I've given you the origin story, now I'm going to tell you what a BEK is. You know what it is. But some people out there might not like my dad. Yeah. So Black Eyed Kids or BEKs are a more recent paranormal phenomenon, kind of like a, an urban legend or um, I wouldn't say a cryptid. No. Because it's not an animal. We don't really know what it is. They present themselves as a human entity, though. Yeah. So they're not like a... They would be a... They're not an apparition. They would be like a, a physical manifestation. Mm-hmm. So, um... Now, whether that's ghostly or alien or what have you, we have no idea. hmm Yeah. So I remember them, like, kind of, like, screeching into relevance in, like, the early 2000s. Mm-hmm. I remember that was right around the first time that I had first heard about them when I first started, like, hanging out on the internet more, on, like, message boards and stuff. And, um... They're usually described as children between the ages of 9 and 16. Um, some people think that they might be spirits of lost or murdered children. Like, there's a um, there's a murder that one of us will probably be covering. Um, I think it's the pig man. It sounds familiar. Something like that. I think that's what it is. But it happened in... Um, I don't even think I have the name on here. Dang it, I wish I would have taken it down. Um, but it's a place in England, and there were, like, three girls who were m- raped and murdered. And one of them was found with a blindfold over her eyes. And then, like, there were later sightings in the area of a black-eyed child. And they thought that that was her. So then that's where the theory of it being... Like, she died with a blindfold on her eyes. Mm-hmm. Is what they're basically saying. And that she was, like, a lost soul or, like, a murdered soul. And so that she would be a black-eyed children, basically. Black-eyed child. <laughs> Oh, my God. That was stupid. Um, I'm with you. <laughs> and then uh, then they also bring ill will and personal doom wherever they go. And in description, they have exactly what the name entails, black eyes. So not like they got punched out. But like mm-hmm. we were saying, the whites of the eyes are gone. The irises are gone. It's basically one giant black pupil. Yep. They are also sometimes described as having a bluish tinted skin like that of a corpse. And then they're sometimes wearing like strange or out of date clothing. And then they speak in like super weird ways. Like, mm-hmm. crazy. Uh, yes, like some a, more. Like a Victorian style <laughs> child. Mm-hmm. Like they, that's, that's usually what they say. Or like um, maybe early uh, 20th century. Like, mm-hmm. can I use your telegraph? Right, exactly. Or your Pl- telephone. Please, please, sir, let me in. I need to use your telephone. <laughs> Basically. Mm-hmm. Um, and leading into that, black-eyed children will always ask for something. Yeah. And so 
it is always something that involves being in close quarters with you. So like letting you into your home to use a phone, which most people have cell phones. And they can just be like, here, or don't you have a phone? <laughs> mm -hmm. Exactly. Exactly. Um, These kids picked ask the wrong century. <laughs> right? Like you guys picked us up at the, like the height of our technological savviness. Like, right. No one's going to let you use their phone. Like, come on. <laughs> <laughs> my entire <laughs> life's on that thing exactly fuck off there's a payphone around the corner there is one person who knows the password to my phone and that is my husband and even then he still has to ask me for it because he can't remember it same exactly yep anyway so um apparently this isn't the first time that black eyed children are kind of been around so they are also in native american folklore Mm -hmm. in the Iroquois nation. The Iroquois natives believed in a dark power called the Otkin. Otkin? Otkin? It's O-T-K-O-N. Um, that could take over children and uh, they were like an evil one who would mate with human females to produce black-eyed, chalky-skinned children. These children were killed by the tri tribe soon after birth and burned to stop them from resurrecting, which is kind of sounds like Twilight and the Quayutes, but I'm just... I wouldn't know because I've only watched the first movie. Well, the Quayutes were actually the native tribe that turned into the werewolves, so it wouldn't have technically been that, but maybe that's where she got her inspo from. I don't know. <laughs> um, so then, soon after birth, they would be killed and burned to stop them from resurrecting. The children wandering alone in the woods could also be taken over by Otkin. Otkin. Um, and would reemerge with black eyes and pale skin, acting nervously while repeating themselves over and over. And their goal was to destroy the tribe and infect all the people with the black evil one, which was the Altkin. Hmm. So the Iroquois nation already had that, like, on lock. They're like, yeah, we already know these guys exist. <laughs> um, and so when I was looking further into this, I could couldn't find this information because thought catalog and no sleep and the subreddit of black eyed children or BK and all that. Like they don't talk about what happens after you let a BK in your house or in your close quarters. But I was listening to a podcast like two years ago. It's my girls, two girls, one ghost T G O G. And she, one of them was doing the episode and they were talking, I think it was Sabrina, and she was talking about how people would let the child into their house. And then after that, there would be some sort of like tragedy, like somebody died or then they would have like, or instead of somebody dying, they themselves would have some serious health issues like radiation poisoning, insane cancers that hardly anybody ever get. Um, but in my deep dive, Everything that I saw, it said, nobody knows what happens after you come in contact with a BEK and you let them in your house. And I'm like, mm -hmm. then how did she find this out? Where am I not looking at it? So it's hearsay, technically. Well, I mean, I can't cite that source. All the stories that we have of black eyed kids are from people who have come into contact with them and were smart enough not to let them in. Yeah. You know? And so, so then um, Creepypasta, which is, you know, that's not, or not Creepypasta, it wasn't Creepypasta, it was Thought Catalog. 
Which is still, it's basically, like, the BuzzFeed for, like, creepiness. Mm-hmm. I like that catalog. I read I a lot of good too. stories on there. <laughs> I did, too. But they're more of, like, the, the BuzzFeed listicles now. Like, mm-hmm. 15 things you didn't know about black-eyed children. Mm-hmm. And I guarantee I read that. <laughs> I'm sure you probably did. And one of them was like, nobody knows what happens. Maybe it's because the people who have come in contact with them were are dead now. Exactly. Like, good point. I mean, they could they could be those people that you just, you know, find two weeks later dead in their house because their neighbors are like, I haven't seen my neighbor in two weeks, you know? And then it's an unsolved murder. Exactly. Oh, and shit. And they have no idea how they died. Maybe that's how it happened. And they're just like, it must have been a brain aneurysm or a stroke because there's no signs of violence. A gas leak. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yep. Crap. Yep. So be on the lookout for BEK, peeps. Yeah. <laughs> Black eyed kids, <laughs> stay away from them. Not cool. If a weird child or weird children come up to your door in the evening, oh, and I mean, like, children should not be coming up to you at all. Unless it's like, Halloween. Unless it's Halloween. <laughs> and they're asking for candy. Yes. But I mean, okay, when I was a kid, my parents had a rough McGruff thing in our window that basically said to children like if you are if there's a stranger following you or Mm -hmm. whatever we're a safe house Mm -hmm. and you can come to us we'll call the cops Mm -hmm. so we had one of those in our window and um so it doesn't really exist anymore though and i feel like even if it did exist i don't know if i'd trust the people who put those in their windows not now that's what i'm saying like yeah. You you could get a house full of fucking pedophiles who are just like, I'm going to put this thing in my window and hope mm-hmm. that the kids come. You know what I mean? Okay. Well, let's just put this out there. If you're ever in a situation that you can't get out of and you're not in a safe place, one, if you know me, come to my house. Two, if you don't know where I live or you can't come to my house, go to a QT, a quick mm-hmm. trip. If they are a safe place. They will hide you until authorities come. If you are for some reason, nowhere near any public place, if you can find any woman, more than likely, you're going to be safer with a woman. So if you can find a woman, woman ask her to help. Huh? Unless it's a woman doing the torture, then you might have an issue. Elizabeth Battery. There's always that possibility, but there's a better chance that you're going to be safer with a woman than with a man. As sad as that is. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So if a kid comes to my door and asks to use my telegraph... Full stop. Not going to allow it. Yeah. If they come up to my door asking to use my telephone, absolutely not. Yeah. Cellular phone? Uh-uh. Phone? Let me Mo- dial the number and I'll put it on speakerphone. <laughs> if they ask to use my phone, if they know the word just phone, phone, I'll dial it and put it on speakerphone. Mm-hmm. But yeah. other than that, I'm not letting you in my house. And if they argue with you, like... Can I Bye. come in to use your phone? No, the fuck you can't, you little devil demon. No. I got a ring doorbell. They're recording this right now. <laughs> and then you, you, oh shit. And then you watch the fucking footage and there's nothing there. Yeah, it's just you, like, pointing wildly into yeah. nothing. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> or what if you check it and they're there, but it's not them? It's what? what if- just like two black shadows? Like a gremlin looking thing, <gasps> like a, a a dementor looking thing. 
we might be onto something. Everyone get a ring doorbell thing. And That's then... what we need, Joe Biden. Okay, we need a executive order that everybody, everybody, <laughs> everybody every house in America gets a ring doorbell just so we, <laughs> so we can figure out this black-eyed kid situation. <laughs> every physical address in the United States is getting a ring doorbell and it is compulsory. You have to do it. <laughs> We're solving the BEK. Yes. BEK is a national emergency. We need help. They're trying to use our telegraphs. <laughs> anyway. Tell well, me more stories. That pretty much covers the origin and the, like, basic knowledge that we all have of the BEK. Mm-hmm. Now I have, like, three or four encounter stories. Okay, I'm ready. That I found online that were, like, really creepy. And so this one did not take a lot of research, and I'm really sorry, but it was so much fun to read about. Like, I got sucked in. I so, love Black Eyed kids stories. They creep me too. the fuck out, and I love and them so much. You and I have never really talked about them. We have sent each other stories on, like, No Sleep when we were mm-hmm. at EMS together, but that's it. Yep. Yep. So this first this for, first story comes to us, and this was on the subreddit on BEK, or Black Eyed Children, Black Eyed Kids. Gosh, let me drink a little. Are you doing a shoddy shot? I am. Do you want to do it with me? I don't, I'll do a half one this time. Yeah. Because I, I, I have to read some story. Well, yeah, no, I don't, though. Because I have to do a full shot at the end of the night. Cheers! these poor sets who have seen the BKs. <laughs> yep. And now, whew, some of these might not have like the exact description of a BEK, but it's probably the closest explanation as to what they experienced. Okay. Um, this next press drink I'm having is a lingonberry elderflower. Hmm. Yeah. That'd be good. It is. I'm excited. Anyway, so this first encounter story comes from a military intelligence gentleman. Ooh. Yeah, I love guys who are in the... No, okay, let me take it back. I don't love guys (laughs) in the military in general. I just love when guys in the military have a paranormal story that freaks them out. Because generally speaking, men in the military, women in the military, people in the military are more accustomed to dealing with more fucked up shit than we are mm-hmm. and so they're able to figure it out yeah they're able to so compartmentalize if they get freaked it. out about something exactly there's a reason to be fucking freaked exactly out. so and i also with these stories i do take it with a grain of the salt grain of the salt grain of salt <laughs> because these stories are coming from people on the internet they could be fiction or they could be 100 real we don't mm-hmm. know never know but they freaked me out and if they are real, good lord, I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. So all of these will be in the ver- in the person who's writing the story. Right. I have spent decades in the military intelligence computer. <laughs> you can tell I've never had to say that before. <laughs> I have spent decades in the military intelligence community, so I don't want to put out too much information about myself on a public forum. However, I'm curious if any other experiences overlap my own. 
We lived off base in this rundown community that looks like any other rundown community you find anywhere else next to a military installation. The apartment complex itself was nice by the standards of the rest of the buildings in our area. I, it was 12.30 a.m. I don't know how to read it as military time, but it's like zero dark 30, I think, is, how, is what they call it. 12.30 a.m. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So um, at 12.30 a.m. on a Friday morning, I was woken up by a series of knocks on my heavy wooden door. I have a rule. One series of knocks is just people messing with the neighbors. But if they really need something, they'll knock twice. And there came the second series of knocks. I expected it to be someone from work trying to get a hold of me and my cell phone had died. It had happened before. So I opened the door and stared at this kid that I estimate to be about six years old. There was no much about the kid that was biz- There was no much. <laughs> there was so much. <laughs> Apparently I can't read S's. There was so much about this kid that was bizarre. The eyes feature suggested in BEKs seemed kind of trivial. He needed more commas. I can't say with 100% confidence that his eyes were all black orbs. I just don't know because the rest of him was such a mess. When I look at people, I don't know. I have a habit of avoiding eye contact. Mm-hmm. How it should read. You need commas, bro. <laughs> the Oxford comma! <laughs> I should have proofread this shit and done it myself. It's whatevs. Go on. Whatever. So the rest of his description is as follows. Clothing, gray, filthy hooded sweatshirt with hood up halfway with mentioned sweatpants. Shoes, unremarkable. Who says that? Skin complexion, for lack of a better phrase, I would say that he was extremely pale. Not clear if there were blemishes in any way of freckles on his skin or if he was just really dirty. Okay. Hair, possible reddish brown, messy, dirty, short. His face was in this grimace of hatred. His expression was like someone who was sucking on the world's more, most sour candies. So he was just like... Mm, I hate you. <laughs> Can you imagine mm-hmm. a kid coming up to your door and knocking on it and you open the door and your kid's just like... Mm. <laughs> I'd be like, get be the like, fuck out of my fucking door, dude. What what's you going on? <laughs> what the fuck's wrong with you? So then, maybe, okay, maybe this next part has something to do with it, because then he goes, here's the worst part of it. The body odor he was radiating was like something I've never smelled before or since. So maybe he was smelling himself, and he's just like, ooh, that's bad. Mm." I stink. Please, sir, may I use your shower? (laughs) May I use your water closet? Your water closet. (laughs) Can I use the WC? WC... Oh man! So this kid looks like he's just like, mm, like mm-hmm. super sour candy, and he's got like really bad body odor. And he said, "I've smelled decomposing bodies in war. The closest smell I can relate to was in Ranger School. In Ranger School, due to the lack of food and rest, often guys' bodies would start to consume muscle for energy." And combined with the lack of bathing opportunities, this creates an odor that is hard to top. Mm. But this kid smelled like weaponized foulness. <laughs> yeah, I asked, that's not good. Yeah, I can imagine. I can imagine what he's smelling. Mm-hmm. I asked, can I help you? In a flat voice, void of inflection, he said, my parents don't like you. 
I responded, responded, um, what? He stated, you'll be okay if you give us something great. And I slammed the door on him because I thought he was just screwing with me. He let out this no, like the scream of no. I could hear him on the other side throwing a tantrum like you see toddlers in the store when their parents won't let them have something. Now keep in mind this kid is six. And I have seen six-year-olds throw some pretty good tantrums. Mm-hmm. So I'm sure that was a decent tantrum. Um, he said it was definitely a very strange thing, strange thing to do at midnight. However, kids running up and down the dilapidated neighborhood unsupervised was pretty common. It was a pretty common occurrence. I just chalked it up to bad parenting. And then he goes on to say, I showered and threw my clothes out because I didn't want that stench on me. So his body odor was bad enough that it clung to him mm-hmm. in the whole 30 seconds that he I mean, if that's true, interacted. that was a really bad, bad body odor. Yeah. So he's like, I didn't want that stench on me. I went back to bed because I had to be up again in four hours. The strange thing is that the stench didn't seem to linger. I saw this kid on three other occasions. The second time, I was going out to my car in the morning, and he was standing in the parking lot glaring at me. When I came home, he was staring at me, standing in the same spot. And then when I looked out the window hours later, he was still in the same spot, glaring with that same sneer at nothing. I asked my wife what she made of him, and she said she she said she wasn't bothered. Or no. <laughs> she said he wasn't bothering anything, which was pretty low bar for that neighborhood. Kids would often run around vandalizing people's vehicles and apartments. I thought about calling the authorities. However, what was I going to say? There's this Mm -hmm. weird kid. He might need help because he's weird and he stinks. The truth (laughs) is that I hated this kid. Now I have three kids of my own, so I don't just outright hate other kids. However, I hated this one. I hated his smell. I hated that he existed. I felt he was trying to target and bully me for some reason. No, I didn't want to help this kid. Also, I had these paranoid thoughts of, if this kid hates me as much as I hate him, he's going to lie to the cops and tell him I had harmed him. It could affect my security clearance, and it's just best to just ignore him, and this will all go away. One I time... I, I think I heard this story, or I read this story. This sounds really? Familiar. Mm-hmm. Huh. This was on the BEK subreddit. Yeah, I believe it. I, I went through a kind of a, a rabbit hole at some point. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I also but believe that it was so long ago, you know that. That was probably right around the time know. of the the Disney rabbit hole that we'll need to cover. Oh man, that's a that's a doozy. big one. That's a, a doozy. Doozy. Whew. We'll wait until after I go to Disney World, assuming we're still doing this, because I want to go to Disney World and have a decent time. Yeah, and not get. Yeah. One time I saw him interacting with kids outside, so I know he wasn't a figment of my imagination. However, he didn't play with them like a normal kid. This girl would come up and grab him by the arm, and he would just stand there and glare at her. There were kids running around him, and he just stared at them with that grimace. My wife wanted me to share this experience that I had back in 2011. At this At the time, I worked in the office of a regional command. I've been read into various truly bizarre government programs. However, thinking about it, I still don't know what to make of this kid. I don't know what to get out of writing this. Maybe someone knows more about this kid or has had other experiences similar. 
it's certainly not extraordinarily like some other experiences people on Reddit have had. I'm not saying this kid was magical or demonic. I can't rule out that he was truly just some kind of misfortunate. Maybe the right thing to do would have been to get him help. However, I just can't get past how much I hated him for no reason. Between that and the smell, my experience wasn't that bizarre. What I do know <laughs> is that I'm fine with never seeing that kid again. Maybe these BEK experiences can be explained by kids just being extra weird. And then that was the end of that one. Okay. Do you remember that one by Jane? It, it does sound very familiar. Like, I'm yeah. sure I probably read it at some point. Next story. My thought says, uh, nope. Mm-hmm. It was the summer of 1986, and I had just graduated from high school. I was living in Vancouver, British Columbia, and a girlfriend and I had spent the afternoon at Kitsilano Beach suntanning. She had to leave early for work, so I stayed on at the beach alone. It was around 4 p.m., and I was hungry. I walked up to the beach over to an area called the Spanish Banks. There is a concession stand there. It had a long line up. It was... It was Expo 86, so we had a ton of tourists that summer, and the beach was packed. I placed my order, but was told that it would be about a 15- or 20-minute wait for the food. I perched myself on a bench and proceeded to wait. For some reason, I looked across the street. The concession stand is adjacent to the road, a narrow two-lane road. Not the best for beach traffic, and the other side of the road is forest called the UBC Endowment Lands, attached to the university. There was a guy walking down through the forest which was also a steep hill. There was no sidewalk below, and it was a really dangerous place to try and cross the street. Not only that, it was an odd place to come out of. Imagine a steep hill with lots of, lots of bushes and trees going straight down to a curb and then a busy street. The second that I saw this guy, and I was far away at the concession stand, I had that gut-wrenching gut fear that everyone describes. Even though he was far away, I could tell that he was grinning maliciously and that he was fixated on me. He crossed the street grinning. At that moment, there were no cars, so he got across easily. He made a beeline straight to where I was and went and sat on a bench across from me. I'm not good at distances, but let's say he was about 10 to 15 feet away. He was First Nations, a little bit older than I was, maybe 19 or 20, and he had medium-length hair and was wearing a white t-shirt with a red flannel shirt over it and buttoned. He was wearing jeans, I can't remember his shoes, runners of some kind, and he was fairly attractive but utterly evil. Malicious was the word that kept running through my mind. Now, his eyes, they were black. No whites could be seen, but they weren't shiny like all the other accounts that I've read. His were dull. The way that I described it to my boyfriend later was that they looked like scratched black plastic. They also gave me that feeling of when you look into a microscope or binoculars and you kind of see your own eyelashes squished against the lens and it's almost spider-like. His eyes and his everything frightened me like nothing else ever has. He sat there grinning at me. He knew that I was terrified and I knew that I had to pretend that I wasn't. I felt totally alone even though there were tons of people around. No one else seemed to notice anything amiss. I felt as though knowing that this person existed made me hate being alive. This world would never be safe if things like him existed. I sat there acting totally normal on the outside, trying to keep it together because it seemed instrumental to my survival. I had no idea what this thing would do, but I felt as if my life was in danger. My food was ready for pickup. I got it and then proceeded 
to go over to a pain phone and I kept my back to him and phoned my boyfriend. I told him to get the fuck over to the Spanish banks because there was a really scary guy here and I didn't know how to get away. After my boyfriend hung up, I stayed in the phone booth pretending to talk to someone. At some point, I had to get off. Maybe someone wanted the phone. I then sat back on my bench and he stayed grinning. A minute or two before my boyfriend got there, he got up and sauntered away down the beach. When my boyfriend got there, he wanted to go after him. I grabbed his arm and told him that we had to get out of there now. I couldn't explain properly to my boyfriend just how terrifying that experience was, and I still can never explain it properly. It was scarier than a murderer. It felt as though this thing could do something to you. It wouldn't just end your life. It would do that. It would do something that would destroy or torment your soul forever. That's not creepy or anything. Right? <laughs> like, have... she... I'm, assu- I'm saying she. I'm assuming it's a she. Yes, it um, is a she. Yes, sorry. She she talks about it's like it's a life ending situation. You know what I mean? Yep. That not only could this person like kill you, but like they could torture your soul forever. Right. Yeah. I I haven't heard that kind of account in relate in relation to like black eyed kids. That's a new yeah. one. Yeah. Mm. And that was in '86. I yeah, I was gonna bring that up. That's that's even before the first quote unquote, like that's before we were born. Black eyed kids have been here before we were born. Yeah, and like the Iroquois Nation also had the the B E K type mm-hmm. folklore as well. Yeah, yeah, that's creepy as fuck. Yeah. So I have one more story. Okay. And this one is like. Gary's fuck. <laughs> and this would totally be like a you and I situation because I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Yeah. This is totally be <laughs> you and I situation. So um, this next story starts out. Lately, I've been checking out this BEK phenomenon. I've been reading about them a lot lately and have become intrigued, though I never actually believed in them. Bad idea, buddy. Right? Always believe. Then they won't. <laughs> I can't guarantee, but... Or don't believe, believe, because I feel like if you believe, you're just like... It's that manifestation. Yeah, you're you're just almost giving them permission to come into your life, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So, believe, but be careful about it. Right. Because if you're a staunch disbeliever, you may just be one of my next stories. (laughs) Anyway. Wink, wink. (laughs) (laughs) So, I've been reading about them a lot lately and have become intrigued, though I never actually believed in them. I looked at this kind of stuff as creepypasta and hoaxes involving contacts. And creepypasta is, like, like fake creepy stuff. Known, known horror. Urban legends. Made-up stories. Yeah, like Slenderman. Right, right. Like Wasn't Slenderman, like, the pinnacle creepypasta? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Like... Creepypasta, the difference between creepypasta and no sleep, for instance, is creepypasta is supposed to be completely made up. Like, obviously people believe the shit that's on there, but that that's up to them. <laughs> um, whereas no sleep, you're supposed to go into no sleep stories believing that they're true. It's, it's perceived to be true. It's perceived to be true. Exactly. Yeah. E- even if the person is making it up, you, you're you going into that believing that story is true. Whereas creepypasta that, that, is just probably made up stories. 
my cousin's brother's sister's boyfriend's hamster's mom <laughs> owner. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> One of those things. But like yep. no sleep, like like Tasha said that it's like perceived to be real. And there's mm-hmm. even a disclaimer on yeah. no sleep yeah. that says that you can't post anything that's not true. Mm-hmm. But how many fact checkers are out there? Well, it also it also has something on no sleep that says to to basically go into these stories as mm-hmm. if they are true. Yeah, and you, you can't know? comment saying like it's not real. Exactly. Your all yeah. of your comments have to be, you know, as if the story was real. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which I think is really cool. It is. So she didn't believe in them. Mm-hmm. She thought they were creepy pasta. Um I stumbled across this subreddit last night while Googling some other stories and was reading some of the stories here when this happened to me. And I had to share this because it was just too fucking real for me. So last night I was in my living room reading some stories about the BEKs and the real life men in black. Those who are those are worth a read too if you're into weird UFO conspiracies. Yep. For those of you who have seen the movie, MIB Men in Black are considered we to be are real things. Yeah, it's not real Men Will in Black Smith. are fucking creepy. Yeah, it's not Will Smith. It's not Tommy Lee Jones. Yeah, it's probably some just like creepy dude with no fingerprints and like pale skin, no hair, bald head. Yep. Yeah. It's like in Gattaca where he has to like slough off all the skin every morning. Yeah, that's a because good movie. he's trying to be someone else. Mm-hmm. That is a great movie. That's such a good that movie. Such a good movie. So last night, I was in my living room reading those stories. It was around 2.30 in the morning, and my dog went to the door like he had to go out. I started to get up, and he started growling at the door. He was—he has never growled at anything in his life. He's only six months old. And then my other dog jumped up on the couch, trembling and whining, and she's about a year old. Needless to say, this unnerved me. Since I was reading about creepy stuff and was already a little freaked out... I just sat back on the couch and held my other dog, trying to calm her dog. Then came a knock at the door. Usually my dogs go wild, barking and whining excitedly because they love people. But my six-month-old puppy ran away from it and came over by me. At this point, my heart was racing and I was just terrified. Keep in mind, it's like 2.30 in the morning. Mm-hmm. All the lights in my house were off and the curtains were drawn. I don't have a peephole, so I peeked out through the blinds of the window behind me that overlooked the porch. There were two boys standing there. One looked to be about maybe five. He was really little. And the other one was about 10. They had their heads down and were wearing winter clothes and heavy jackets. I thought this was weird because it's in the summer. Then they both turned to look up at me. I don't have a bulb in my porch light, so I couldn't see their faces, but they looked directly at the window. Mm -mm. This freaked me out even more, so I moved away from the window and just sat on my couch. I couldn't believe that this was happening, and I had hurt... Couldn't believe this was happening. Period. Stop. (laughs) I had heard that if you quote-unquote knew about them, then quote-unquote they would visit you. And I just kept trying to convince myself that these were just some young kids playing a prank or something. And that this wasn't really happening. However, it did feel very real. Then, one of them spoke. And it sounded like it may have been the older one. And they said, ma'am, can you let us in? It's really cold out here. My brother is hungry. I didn't move. I didn't reply. I was immediately alarmed because I had no idea how they knew I was a ma'am. I just sat there on my couch and then the voice sounded void of emotion and a lot more calmer and somehow older than the little person that should have been talking. What the hell would two young kids be doing out at this time of night anyway? 
Plus, it's June in Alabama. It isn't cold by any means. Mm-hmm. I felt this overwhelming sense of dread, and I knew if I opened the door, something awful would happen. I had read the stories, and I thought, nope, not going to answer the door. Fuck this. <laughs> it was really weird, though, because no matter how... Right? It was really weird, though, because no matter how scared I was and how none of this made sense, I also felt compelled to go to the door. Like, I had an urge to help them. Mm-mm. I suppressed it the best I could and ignored them anyway. Then the same voice came and said, ma'am, please let us in. I saw you through the window. I know you're there. It will only take a moment. I was like, okay, what the fuck? Moment? What kid says that? Mm-hmm. Exactly. I was frozen. Right. I was frozen in, mirror, in fear and just refused to answer them at all. I waited for them to go away and didn't dare look out my window because I just knew they were right next to it. They would be staring back at me with pitch black eyes. Then, after a few seconds of silence, they started pounding on my window and I heard the same voice again. Let us in, please. It's cold and we have to call our mom. She will be worried if we don't call her. I honestly couldn't believe that what I was hearing. It sounded like just like what happened... In all the stories I've been reading, at this point, I was almost in tears. I was so freaked out. My heart felt like it was going to bust out of my chest. I still stayed silent and didn't answer the door. I just sat back against the arm of my couch and held my legs up to my chest. There was no way I was answering that fucking door. (laughs) I stayed that way for about an hour until I was sure that they were gone and everything was quiet. My dogs at this point had ran into my room and I had gone... To get them out and hold them because I was just terrified and needed some kind of comfort. I never saw these kids' eyes. I have no idea for sure if they were BEKs, but I definitely believe they were. I grabbed my phone and called my friend who had suggested I read the story, who had suggested I read the stories, and woke her up, excuse me, and begged her to come stay the night with me. After I told her what happened, she agreed right away. About 15 minutes later, she still wasn't there, and I started to get worried because she only lives on the next street over. It should have taken her not even five minutes to get there. Then at that point, I saw headlights in my driveway and looked out the window. I saw her get out of the car and run to my door, banging on it. They let her in immediately and she was crying, had this terrified look on her face and said, you aren't going to believe this, but I swear to God, I just encountered the two kids you told me about. She said she was at a stop sign and checked her phone for a second when this kid knocked on her window. Mm -mm. It startled her, so she looked up and strangely, the streetlights were out and she couldn't see his face. But there was another younger kid behind him. She cracked the window, already apprehensive, and said, can I help you? And the kid said, give us a ride, in a demanding, overly confident voice for a child. She didn't say anything, and the kid stepped toward the car. He was close enough now that she noticed that his eyes were jet black, wall-to-wall black, no white. She said she wanted to drive away immediately, but felt like she was being pulled into a stair, almost opening her door before she snapped out of it, but she didn't. She gunned the gas pedal and went straight to my house. We stayed up the rest of the night. According to the stories, they usually pay you more than one visit, so I'm going to take a shit ton of melatonin and knock myself out tonight <laughs> to try to sleep right through it in case they decide to come again. Believe it, believe me or not, this really happened on Stevens Avenue in Five Points right here in Huntsville. Lock your doors and windows and ignore any child that comes to your door asking for help, especially if it's at night. Fuck that shit. Solid <laughs> advice, though. <laughs> Uh, do not see, answer the door see okay i think that the, <laughs> there's a uh, an underlying reason why i am intrigued so much by black-eyed kid stories is yeah. because not only are they creepy as fuck but 
I don't like kids. I don't want kids. I don't like kids. Kids are fucking creepy. Kids are the devil. <laughs> Non-B-E-K kids can still be creepy. Yes. All kids can be creepy. Like, you got those kids that are, like, connected to their past selves, you yes. know? Yes. That that's like, another story that we yeah, have to cover. That's past, another like, thing that we'll have to get, get into eventually. But, like, yeah, kids can be, you know, really connected to their past selves and be talking about how they died in fucking fires and shit. Like, no. Kids are very sensitive to fucking ghosts and spirits because and demonic entities. They're no. more closely related to that because they were just born, so they were closer to that yes. male than we are. Exactly. They And they still have their imaginations. They haven't been broken by the world you know they still have good in them they still have their imaginations they still have they can still see through these through the veil through the veils exactly and i think that's why i fucking hate kids (laughs) because kids have access kids can see all of this creepy horrible shit that we can't as adults see anymore you know Mm -hmm. Not that I, I, I don't, I don't have any memory. I don't have any recollection of seeing anything creepy other than my dad sneaking into my room with a wolf mask, you know? That sounds like, like something my dad would do. Oh my God. My parents would fucking <sighs> put on Tales from the Crypt full blast. On purpose. On purpose. And what about they the knew fact- that I was scared <laughs> of the Crypt Keeper. What about <laughs> and the fact was- that you don't like Kevin Bacon? Oh, all right, let's get into that then. You opened up your math book, and there's a picture of fucking Kevin Bacon. So my parents are sadists. They're okay. <laughs> I love her parents, but good lord, that's some trauma. Uh, there's a reason why I'm f- as fucked up as I am, and it's all on my parents. I, I'm sorry. I I I love you both individually, but you're both extremely fucked up people. Um, <laughs> you got a so, lot of good stories out of it. Yeah, I have fucking great stories, but I'm also, I, I'm severely in need of therapy <laughs> and medication. Uh, and that's why I, I drink to, to numb my fucking crazy. Um, so my, my dad used to come into my room at night wearing this really, really real werewolf mask. <laughs> Was it too? It it was it was not a fake looking mask. I I can see it in my in my in my mind's eye. This wasn't the mask that you carried around when you were um, Little Red Riding Hood. No, no, no. This this one was a much better looking mask. And he 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 would do that every once in a while, and it would scare the shit out of me. And then my parents would always watch Tales from the Crypt every night. You know. And I was terrified of the Crypt Keeper. I was terrified of him and his laugh. Mm -hmm. I hated it. So they would, they, they would always watch Tales from the Crypt right after they sent me to bed. So I'm awake in my room, like 10 feet away from the living room where they're watching Tales from the Crypt, you know, and I can hear Mm -hmm. the whole theme song and then I can hear Mm -hmm. his laugh and then I can hear his voice, you know, Mm -hmm. and I'm just laying there like... How the fuck am I supposed to get to sleep? And then when I do get to sleep, I wake up and my dad's fucking there with a fucking werewolf mask. 
Mm-hmm. And then when I'm older, <laughs> like high school older, okay, my mom thinks it's funny to put fake spiders in my pillowcase. And I'm terrified of spiders. You are too. Oh, absolutely. You know. Yeah. She Thank she you. puts giant fake fucking spiders in my pillowcase. So I wake up and spiders are falling out of my pillowcase. Okay. And then I, I'm I, I'm up and I'm getting ready for school and I go up to the bathroom and I'm like brush my teeth, doing my makeup, whatever the fuck. I go up into the bathroom and I turn the light on and there's pictures of clowns all over the fucking <laughs> mirror. The bathroom mirror. Uh, and I hate clowns just as much as I hate spiders. Um, and then I go to school and I open my fucking math book to what? Fucking pictures of Kevin Bacon in my fucking school books. Mm -hmm. And Kevin Bacon is another huge fear of mine because he's, he's a skeleton. He's terrifying. Um, but I mean, yeah, I mean, that was, that's really it. My, my, my parents tortured me from the time I was a small child to the time I was in high school. I was literally tortured. I didn't have it as bad as you, but every time I came up from the the basement, my dad would either like hold the door shut or he'd be waiting on the other side. Like, okay. So you remember the old house, like where the kitchen was and, like, when you walked in my house, you came into the living room, and then when you walked around the corner of the living room, you walked into the kitchen, and to the left, there was the downstairs door. hmm My dad would hide around the corner of the downstairs door in, like, the living room door and just, like, pop out whenever I came up the stairs. hmm I hated it. That was a common thing in our house. Because you know where our, our our stairs were and everything, yeah, too. Yeah, that's, that's kind of like our house, yeah. too. It's like the stairs were in the basement. You were either in the basement or you were in the living room, and you heard them coming up the stairs mm-hmm. if you were in the basement or in the living room. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there was... If you were coming up the stairs, there was always, always someone at the top of the stairs in the kitchen waiting to scare you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or if you were going down the stairs, there was usually someone at the bottom of the stairs in the laundry room trying to jump out and scare you. No, I didn't have that <laughs> issue because... Downstairs wasn't a hangout spot in our house. Yeah. It was but, in our house. Yeah. Yeah. But there were times where we'd be like switching out the laundry or getting something out of the freezer and somebody would think it funny to shut off the light. Mm-hmm. Yep. That was the worst. And you know, like basement lights, you have to like go into one room to turn off, turn on one light, but you have to turn that off before you can. That's just mm-hmm. stupid. Yeah. That's just stupid. And we both took, like, two completely different routes with that. Like, I got scared constantly with jump scares and stuff. And I do not like haunted houses. I do not like scary movies. Like, I don't like none of that. You got <laughs> fucked up even more. And you can do haunted houses. You can do scary movies. I can't. I can't. I, th- I think I'm not saying because... <laughs> my dad should just step it up. That's not what I'm saying. No. No. Am I happy that my parents fucked me up? No, I'm not. (laughs) Like, am I, am I glad that I just like laugh at the people at haunted houses? No. You know? You would die if you went through a haunted house with me. You would be rolling. We've gone through a haunted house together. We went through, um... What's that fucking one? Scary Acres. Scary Acres together, yeah. It's not that scary. I mean, you were still freaking out pretty much. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) 
And I was literally, that's my point, though, is I was literally laughing the whole time. I was literally laughing at everyone who jumped out at us. And I was like, that, that I remember this chick who was, like, in, like, a, uh, a, I don't know, a doll room or something. And I was just, like, laughing at her. I was like, hey, you want to be my friend? <laughs> like, Tasha, shut up! <laughs> and, yeah, that, you know, was my, that was the birthday I, weekend. That was the weekend you graduated, and that was my 23rd birthday weekend. I don't, I don't mean to be like that because I know that it just takes the fun out of it for like everyone, you know, it didn't take, I wish it would have. That is my, um, what's the word I'm looking for? It's how I survive. Oh, you know what I mean? Fun of haunted houses. Like that is my, my method of survival, you know, is if I make fun of it, it doesn't really exist. See, that's how I am with movies, but I don't do that with haunted houses because I got people jumping out at me and I'm trying to keep myself from peeing myself. Because that is like, I'm not even lying, that is a legitimate response that my body does. Is like the moment I'm freaked out, I have to pee. Mm-hmm. I do not have a fight instinct. I have a flight <laughs> instinct. Oh, yeah. I'm, so do I. I'm for sure. You're going to try to run. I ain't going to try to fight anything. What the fuck am I going to do? I will make it far. With my boobs? Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Knock you bitches out. Come on. Bring it. No, I would die in a second. Yeah. Because they'd stab through your boob. Exactly. Yeah. It, I mean, they'd have to have a pretty good sized knife, though, because that's a lot of shit to go through to get to any of my organs. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So is there anything that you wanted to say about the EK that you either knew that uh, I didn't say or? No. Um, I think you generally covered uh, some good stories from them. Uh, None of them were like really like outright BEK, but I think it's because a lot of people that come in contact with them are like, I'm not going to. Yeah. I mean, there, there are a lot of stories on the like no sleep Reddit. If you, if you look into it, um, that's I, just like a, a grabbing of like the creepiest ones that I saw. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, but there are a lot of fucking BEK stories. Mm-hmm. Um, I've never had one personally. Thank God. Nope. Uh, knock on wood. My, my is this wall wood? I don't know. It's probably I'm not. I'm pretty wood. sure there's wood in there. <laughs> um, but actually, you know, it's funny because part of me, there is a small part of me that kind of wants uh, black-eyed kids to come to my door. <laughs> Maybe it's just because I'm a fucking sadist, but... Yep. <laughs> right, Elizabeth Bathory. Right. I mean, I don't know. I She she got off on other people's torture, though. Like, I, I almost get off on my own torture <laughs> because I have to deal with it so much. But, um... No, I think, I think having that experience would be so fucking, it would be terrifying. It would, it would probably, in all honesty, it would probably mentally ruin me and I would be in a fucking mental institution the rest of my life, but I'm not far from that anyway. So if I can have a cool story to tell. About what sent you to the mental institute. About what sent me to the mental institute. What solidified, cemented Exactly, exactly. And I mean, obviously I'd have some people who would believe me, you know, like That would be your origin story. Exactly, exactly. 
Like, some people would believe me, and I, I think it would be a really cool experience, but I wouldn't die from them, because no. I hate kids anyway. So why the yep. fuck would I open my door to some kids, especially if they're like, please, ma'am, may I use your telegraph? You know, I'd be like, fuck you, demon children. Like, no. get off of my porch. Like... <laughs> What the fuck year do you think it is? It's 2021. Like, it's 2021. What, is, what year are telegraph? you living in? <laughs> I'm like, the fuck you could use my phone? Get out of here. Where's your hoop and stick, kid? <laughs> I'm going to sage you away. Get the fuck out. <laughs> oh, I got some Morton salt. You want it? I will salt the shit out of you. <laughs> Don't make me get my salt out. I'll get my salt no. and sage out. Like, fuck you, kids. Mm-hmm. Nope. Tasha ain't playing. Nope. Tasha don't play that shit. Tasha don't play that. Nope. So, Steph, what do you got for dad jokes for us? Uh, Should we take a shot now or after? Let's do it now. Okay. If it. Are you going to just chug it out of the bottle? Nope. <laughs> Be a lot cooler if you did. There's still a little bit in there. Right, and that's after right, a right. full shot. Eey. I'll finish it. Here, let me just finish this before I take the shot. Oh, shit. It was just a teensy bit. Cheers. What What are we cheers? Oh, cheers to the dad jokes. To dad jokes. Cheers to Bond. Oh, that was a very, very, very full one. Uh, Mom, dad, if you could see us now. We're making faces. Whew. That was rough. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so my dad's ones though are pretty good. I have two. Mm-hmm. The first is why were the T Rex waiters so stressed out? Because they were sh- short staffed. Short handed. Sh- ah, I knew it was going to be something like that. <laughs> yeah, that was so close. <laughs> I knew it was going to come down to their little arms. I'm gonna give I just you... didn't know <laughs> I how to word it. a big head and little arms. I'll give you credit <laughs> for that one. See, I'm the teacher that would pass everybody. That's a good thing I didn't turn out to be a teacher. Mm-hmm. So this one is just one that you should, like, think about. If robots can't identify stop signs or traffic lights in CAPTCHA images, maybe self-driving cars are a bad idea. <laughs> I mean... It's true, I am not though. a robot. Here's the stop sign and bicycle and interstate. I mean, we, we have to do those things to so they can learn what is what, you know? So, I mean, if they don't, if they still, to in 2021, if we're still doing CAPTCHA, fucking I am not a robot shit, mm-hmm. we probably shouldn't have self-driving cars because they mm-hmm. obviously don't know what they're doing yet, you know? <laughs> All right, Tasha, well... Thanks so, for sticking in there with me with the black-eyed kids. Well, I mean, we I think we had a pretty good one here. We had fucking Liz Bathory, and we had black-eyed kids. Yeah, we, we had, had a pretty a good, good episode here. And um, this episode was kind of like a, like, hey, like, it's, it's documented, but that doesn't mean it happened type thing. <laughs> but we both choose to believe that it did. Mm-hmm. Well, and, uh... If you haven't listened already, we have put up today, in fact, our first mini-sode. Little boozy, little boozy. Little boozy. Our little boozy episode, uh, which is just a compilation of us talking shit. 
<laughs> yeah. It's it's the shit that didn't make it to the episode but is good enough to keep. Yeah, we didn't we didn't want to delete it forever because it was too good, too smart, mm-hmm. too intelligent and t- too funny. Yeah. Whatever. What happened? But eventually these little boozies will turn more into like if people send us stories. Mhm. They'll turn into personal experience stories like I read all my BKs tonight. What if you send me one story kind of similar? Yeah. And I just read that one on an episode and you have your name out there, notoriety. Exactly. Yeah. So that's what we want our little boozies to be. But until then, mm-hmm. you get to listen to our stupid shit. Exactly. And we even are if not... you do send us stuff, we're still going to put out our stupid shit. So <laughs> Unless it'll you just be a us. mix of, it'll be a mix of our stupid shit hey. and your stupid shit. So figure out how to Venmo or PayPal us and we'll send it to you regardless. Yeah, for sure. We got some stupid shit. Stupid shit. Stupid shit. Stupid shit with Tosh and Steph. Yeah, that's pretty much it. Mm. Anyway, well, happy Friday, Tosh. Happy Friday, Steph. Good episode. Good episode. And And cheers to you. I love you. I love you. And we we love you listeners. Yes, we do. All five of you. Dad. (laughs) Uncle Patrick. Katie. Katie. <laughs> Lucas. And anybody yeah. else that I forgot. Tiff, Ty, Kayla. Yeah. Thanks. If you're listening to this, maybe we have more listeners. Probably not. Okay, have a good weekend, guys. Love you, bye. Love you, bye. You're creepy!